the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. News. WTBN. Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse. Sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Now, isn't it interesting that false teachers have a boldness about them? You've never heard a timid false teacher. They are bold. They are authoritative. They stand up and deceive you into thinking that they're speaking the truth because they speak it with such dogmatism. They couldn't possibly be wrong. Satan's statement to Eve that surely she would not die if she ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was a sample of the countless false teachings that have tripped up people since that sad day back in the garden. Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff is leading us in a study of spiritual warfare. Pastor Steve has been the teaching pastor for more than 26 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Now his teaching ministry has expanded to also include these daily radio Bible classes. If you have your Bible, keep your finger in Ephesians chapter 6 as we learn about the armor that God has provided for our protection against the schemes of the devil. Right now we are considering Genesis 3 verse 4. Satan's first attack against humanity. Here is Pastor Steve. And that's where many people will listen to these false teachers who come across with such magnetism and such boldness and people are drawn to their style. Their style is from the devil here, speaking lies in a bold fashion. But this is an outright denial of God's integrity. And you see where Satan is going with this. If he can convince you that God isn't good and that his word can't be trusted, then he has succeeded in causing you to live apart from the word of truth. After all, who's going to live by the standards of the Bible when the Bible can't be trusted? Who's going to trust the Lord in every aspect of of your life? Decision-making, marriage, finances, relationships, ethics, sexuality, parenting, job-related issues, all that morality. When, When you have doubts about God having your best interests at heart and his integrity, who's going to do that? Who's going to have a close relationship with Jesus when in the very depths of your being, you question whether his character is perfect, it's wise, Loving, whether he really knows what he's doing with your life. That is precisely where many Christians are. They would not outright deny God's goodness and integrity, but they have nagging doubts about it. And it prevents them from having that close fellowship. How do we know that? Well, not only from this passage, but let me show you the end result of this. Second Corinthians, as we go back to the New Testament, Second Corinthians chapter 11. At Corinth, as you know, there were false teachers who came into the church, undermined, undermined Paul's authority as a true apostle, said they were true apostles, and they were teaching error. Error to God's people. And notice what Paul says, and this is taken from Genesis 3. 
He writes in verse 3 of 2 Corinthians 11, but I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. Folks, that's, that's the real issue. These people lacked a total commitment. They, they lacked pure devotion. That's what the Christian life is about. It's not complicated. It's about purity of devotion to Christ, worshiping him, loving him. But they were hindered from this because they believed Satan's lies about Christ and it led them away from pure devotion. And God doesn't want that in your life. God doesn't want that in my life. And it, it, it means that you have to believe what the word of God says about God, that he is absolutely good and he will never do anything that's not in your best interest and his glory. And he is truth. And this is what Paul is telling us concerning the first item that must be securely fastened around you or you stand no possibility of standing against Satan's lies and deception. It is a commitment to live by God's truth. And essentially what that means is that you must look at life, and I emphasize this, in every area of life through the lens of Scripture. Every area. You, you cannot separate the sacred from the secular. That's a false type of, uh, of partition. There, there is only for us the sacred. We look at life through the eyes of Scripture. You must have a commitment to God's word in every area of life. Otherwise, you will be defeated. If you have an attitude, well, on Sundays I come to study the word of God, and yes, I listen to it, I go to Sunday school class, and I might even come back Sunday night, but the rest of the week I do whatever I want. Whatever sounds best and seems best to me, then, then you're going to be defeated. You're going to be defeated. You'll be a defeated believer because you have refused the most protective piece of clothing that God has provided for your defense against error. It is the belt of truth that prepares you for the satanic onslaughts of life. See, when Adam fell, let me explain this. When Adam fell, the whole human race plunged with him. He took everybody with him. We, we fell in Adam and we plunged and we plunged hard. And that means every area of your life, my life, is tainted by sin. That doesn't mean that we sin to the fullest capacity of what we're capable of. But human depravity means every area is tainted by sin. And that includes your mind. You may be extremely bright, but you have a fallen brightness. You have a fallen mind. Listen to some of the negative words that the New Testament uses to describe our fallen minds. This will take some pride out of you. We think we're so bright, but listen to how the Bible, and I'm not going to go to every passage. I'll mention these words, and then I'll give you the reference. You can look it up on your own. But this is how the, this is how the New Testament describes our minds before coming to faith in Christ. Depraved, Romans 1.28. We have a depraved mind. Hardened, 2 Corinthians 3.14. Blinded, our minds are blinded, Paul says, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. He speaks in Ephesians 4.17 of the futility of our minds. Ephesians 4.18, we have darkened minds. Colossians 1.21, hostile minds. We have minds that are deluded, Colossians 2.4. Deceived, Colossians 2.18. Fleshly, Colossians 2.18. Corrupted, 2, Corinthians, uh, 2 Timothy 3.8. And finally, we have defiled minds, Titus 1.15. Not a very um, 
complementary picture of the human mind. Now, this doesn't mean that man is, is not intelligent. We are. It doesn't mean that man is unable to achieve great and, and even noble things with the mental capacities that God has given us. It's not it at all. But what it does mean is that as fallen creatures, we no longer have the ability to see and understand life from God's perspective, apart from his revelation. We would be misguided. We, we cannot, we are incapable of understanding life from God's perspective apart from God's truth. Therefore, he has provided an infallible and inerrant revelation called the Bible to guide us so that we can see and we can understand life with all of its multifaceted issues from his perspective. Otherwise, you will lean on your own understanding. There is a way which seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You will lean on not only your own understanding, but your own emotions. Well, it can't be wrong because it feels so good. It feels right, but it's not right. How do you know what is right and wrong? You know from God's word. Everything that you and I need for godly living is revealed in the Bible. Did you know that? Everything we need for godly living. Now, the Bible is not a book about uh, medical issues. It's not a book about computers. But it is a book about godly living. And I'd like you to see this. 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. And I think this is a crushing blow to the field of human psychology. Because human psychology is nothing more than man's wisdom attempting to find solutions to ultimate behavior issues. But look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, and then verse 3. Peter says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. He's talking about knowledge, and that is a key word, by the way, for 2 Peter, because he was, he was addressing Gnostic tendencies in the church. Gnostic meaning I have higher knowledge, higher information than you, therefore I know more, I'm more spiritual. Verse 3, seeing that his divine power has granted to us, watch this, everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Do you see that? You and I as believers have everything we need for godliness. Everything that we need for living a life that pleases the Lord. His word is sufficient and his word is truth. And you and I are exhorted to trust God's word and not to lean on our own understanding because you can't depend on your own understanding. You will mislead yourself. You don't have the ability to see error and deceit apart from God's word. And that includes everything from doctrinal issues to the way you handle conflicts with people. Well, I think we should do that. It doesn't matter what we think. You know what? I've come to a point that I I know I have many opinions, but I don't even care about my opinions. All I care about is what Scripture says because my opinion could be very wrong. Scripture is authoritative. So what have we seen so far? We've seen that the first item of armor is that we must have before anything else an attitude that truth matters and we're committed to living by God's truth regardless of our feelings or our inclinations. And the reason we have to have this devotion to the truths of Scripture is because Satan is a liar. He will lie through false teachers. That's a given. You know that. But he'll also lie through your friends and acquaintances who may be very well-meaning but they might give you bad advice. He certainly will lie through the media and cultural standards. 
And he will even lie through our own understanding of issues. So we lean on the word. And that leads us to a fourth question. The meaning of the expression, girding up your loins, be ready for battle. What does it mean to gird up your loins with truth? Be ready for battle by having a commitment to live by God's word. Why is it so important to do this? Because Satan is a liar and his goal is to deceive you. And he'll never stop trying to do that. But now this fourth and vital question is this. So how do we gird our loins with truth? From a practical standpoint, how do we do this? How do you go from here and make changes? How can each of us make sure that we are protected by God's truths from Satan's lies. And the point is this, how do you cultivate a lifestyle of commitment to the Bible? How do you get a biblical mindset? Let me, let me give you some, some pointers here. First of all, you must believe that the Bible is the authoritative word of God and that it is to be obeyed under all circumstances. Did you get that? That means that when you face an issue, the question isn't, well, should I obey what God says? The question is this, what does God say? That's all you should you should have on your mind. It should be a reflex. You shouldn't even have to consider whether you're going to obey or not. You should have settled that a long time ago. Scripture is authoritative in every area of life. 2 Timothy 3.16 says it so wonderfully. All Scripture is inspired, which means God breathed out. What you have on the pages of Scripture is the breath of God that is crystallized, if you will, in written form. It's the mind of God in written form. All scripture is God-breathed, Paul tells us, and it is profitable for what? For doctrine, for teaching. How do you know what you believe? By what the Bible says, because it's God's word. For reproof, how do you you know when you've done wrong? Because the Bible tells you. Well, how do I get corrected? Because scripture is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. And how do I stay on track? Well, scripture is, is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. It keeps you going. There has to be a commitment. Listen, if you're, if you're struggling, and I understand this because I, I've had many, especially in my early days, many questions about the authority of Scripture. What you ought to do is take it from the Lord that, that those questions are there to drive you into further study. You, you Be happy to loan you books. You have to get them back, but I'll loan you books dealing with this. In fact, Jack's library is open to you. You want to <laughs> come anytime. Take a, he has a great library. But any book you, you need on the authority of Scripture, the inspiration, inerrancy, we have plenty of those books. We'll be happy to help you on that. We have great books in, in the library. But, but come to a settled conviction that the Bible is authoritative. You must be committed in, to Scripture in every area of your life. Let me put it this way. When the Bible speaks, God speaks. There ought not to be any question in your mind of your obedience even if you're uncomfortable with what it says. And that's very possible. There are many things in the Bible that I'm uncomfortable with. There are many things that I read in the Bible and I think, oh, if I do this, it's going to lead to more problems. But you do it anyway because God said to do it. You just do what's right and let the chips fall where they may. That, that ought to be our philosophy of life. And we know what's right by what Scripture says. Secondly, so there must be a commitment to the authority of Scripture above everything else. It is our authority. Secondly, we should recognize that in coming to Christ, we all carry into, the, into our Christian lives old sinful ways of thinking that need to be changed. There's not one person here as a believer in Christ who has everything together in your mind. 
We, we carry some excess baggage. So how do we go about changing our old sinful thinking patterns? Well, Romans chapter 12 tells us. Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 1, Paul says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and a holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. In other words, he's saying, be committed to the Lord. Lay your life down and say, Lord, here I am, totally dedicated to you. But it can't stop there. There are so many people in churches that have altar calls where they come down and they walk an aisle and they they do want to be committed. They are saying they're open, but then they go right back into their old sinful patterns. Why? Because they have not followed it up with verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't be worldly in your perspective and your attitudes, your actions. Well, how do I change? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's one thing to say I'm committed to the authority of Scripture and to the Lord. It's another thing to do something about it. To be renewed in your mind means that God renovates your mind. He cleans it up. How does he do that? Well, it means that the Word of God changes your thinking. It means that when you are confronted with the truths of Scripture and you go, oh, that's what I thought, that's wrong, I'll change. That's, that's what it means. You learn what the Bible teaches and then you adjust your thinking accordingly. That's exactly what it means. So if you're a stubborn person, if you're filled with pride that you can't be wrong about anything, then you'll never be protected by God's word because that's why it takes humility. That, that's part of the whole Christian life. It's changing. As I told uh, those of you who were here last Sunday night about the changes that we're having at Lakeside, I mentioned, I think it was from Mark Twain. Every quote eventually goes back to Mark Twain or Charles Spurgeon, I think. But Mark Twain supposedly said the only ones who really like change are infants. They like to be changed, babies. But the Christian life, we add, means change. It means change. We have to change. If you're not changing, you have to wonder if you're really a Christian. And you change by the word of God renewing your minds. So what that means is it's up to you. God's not going to do this for you. He's not putting this armor on you. He's telling you it's available. You put it on how? It means that you've got to study the Bible on your own. You don't have a quiet time, a study time. That needs to change today. Certainly by tomorrow, you ought to have a plan to do this and some accountability to do this. It means that you must read books that are biblically based that help you to understand the Bible. And, and that's why your pastoral staff is here, your elders. Ask them, don't just buy books in the Christian bookstore. Let me just tell you, Christian bookstores have to stay in business by selling that stuff. They aren't particularly discerning. They, they uh, are committed to every uh, fad that comes. They're, they're, they're not interested in doctrinal clarity. That's why we have a book ministry here. And we'll be happy to direct you on what books would be good. It also means that you have to listen to sound and reliable Bible teachers. Be discerning. Be careful. We'll be happy to, to help you out on tapes and CDs and who's, who's good and who's not. But there's still one more step to take in developing a biblical mindset. mindset. First, accept the Bible as your authority. Secondly, commit yourself to letting the Bible change your way of thinking. And that can be a painful process but that's the way it is. Third, you need to internalize the Bible so that its truths personally grip your life. In the words of Paul, you must let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. It was Spurgeon who said, I think, 
Spurgeon, who said that you must take in the scriptures to the point that, that your blood is bibbling, just made up a word to demonstrate that it has to be a part of you. How do you do this? Philippians chapter 4. Philippians are one of my favorite passages because it deals with an issue that, that pretty much all of us struggle with, and that's worry. Philippians 4 is about, about worry. In fact, if you want the messages on it, there are two tapes dealing with this, how to have God's peace in the midst of a stressful world. And, and you cannot avoid stress, but you can avoid being stressed out. You don't have to res- respond to stress the wrong way. But in the midst of this, actually, as Paul winds this down, he tells us that our thinking matters. And here's what he says in verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, how would you know what's true or not? Well, it's what the Bible says. That's truth. Whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise. Now notice this. He says, dwell on these things. That word dwell is the word meditate could be translated that way. Actually, we get our English word logical from this Greek word. And when you're logical, you analyze. You think it through. He's not talking about casual thought here. He's talking about a a determined effort to mull it over in your mind. That's what meditation is. You meditate, you mull it over, you break down a verse as you're thinking about it, as you memorize it, and you analyze it in your mind, and you begin to see the implications, and you, it's sort of what a, an animal does, a cow does, he just regurgitates, and I hope you'll enjoy your lunch having said that, but that's the thought. Chews it, swallows it, it comes up again, he does some more, that's what we're to do. And when you do that, the truths of scripture will become convictions in your heart and you internalize it. Folks, this is how you protect yourself. God will not do this for you, but he has provided the armor necessary. Now, we're to go out and put this into practice. Let's bow for prayer. What you need to do in light of this is to make sure that you don't just walk out of here, go to a restaurant, honor your mothers, and forget about what the Bible is teaching us this morning. You must make some decisions as to what you're going to do with this. Will there be a new approach to your study? Will you once a week go to the book table ministry? Will you have a goal of of reading five, ten books this year? Are you going to get some tapes, some CDs, serious study? Are you going to memorize scripture? You're going to read some books on the authority and inspiration and inerrancy of the word. I mean, these are the things that that you need to think through is how are you going to implement this? Otherwise, it's going to be in one ear and out the next. And you know, um, then you're going to be open to Satan's lies. This is the armor that God has provided. Now we need to put it on. And I would say this to those who don't know Jesus Christ. You have been blinded by Satan. Even if you don't recognize that, the Bible says the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. And our prayer for you is that those blinders will be taken off that you might see the glorious light of the gospel in the face of Jesus Christ. If we can be of help to you in explaining the gospel more fully, we would love to do that. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that out of this Out of these few verses, Lord, we've gotten so much, so much. Help us, Lord, to apply and digest all of this. I realize it's a lot, but 
This is what your word teaches. So I pray that you'll help us, Lord, to implement these truths, to be protected as never before. Lord, I realize Satan is such an accuser of the brethren that he's so subtle, so deceptive. We could walk out of here and have an argument with somebody, another believer at lunch. He's that wicked and our our sinful selves are so ready to accept it. Lord, help us to really be doers of the word, to heed these things. And And I pray for those who may not know you, Lord, Draw them to yourself that they might see the glorious gospel of Christ and believe it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. It has been good to have you with us in class today. You have been listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you missed part of today's lesson, you can hear it again at our website, versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio.org. Our lesson today was the conclusion of a three-part message about putting on the belt of truth. To hear the entire message, please call us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will call you back during weekday office hours so that you can order a cassette or a CD. This is Peter Silseth saying so long for now. Please join us for the next verse by verse to learn about the next piece of armor in the list provided by the Apostle Paul. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's verse. We are here to give you strength between. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.